What a way to start Big 12 play for the West Virginia Mountaineers. You are listening to the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Ryan Decker and Sam Caniglio here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast on this Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. And we are about to recap WVU's big series win over number 12 TCU on the road in Fort Worth. Sam, just, I mean, simply, what a great series win for the Mountaineers. What a great way to start off Big 12 play. Yeah, they came in as the underdogs against the number 12 team, number 10 team, depending on who you're asking, mm-hmm. in the nation. And um, they really fought They really fought to uh, to take a series win to open the Big 12. And they, and they did it without playing their style of play, West Virginia did. So, um, you know, hats off to them, and that's a good way to start the league. Some similarities to a series we saw, I guess, two weekends ago against Campbell, where West Virginia ran all over TCU on Friday night, picked up a 3-2 to two win because of their athleticism on the base paths as two players steal home with two strikes and two outs in the top of the ninth. An impressive play. If you haven't seen it, go on social media and see that play. A heck of a way to win a ball game against a top uh, 15 ranked opponent. And then you're right. TCU, they kind of force West Virginia to be more, um, I guess, pick and choose their spots of when they were going to steal more in Saturday and Sunday's contest. And while West Virginia wasn't all that successful, it's still that mentality of you know West Virginia is going to steal at any time, and that disrupts the pitching staff. Yeah, look, uh, like you said, TCU forced West Virginia to play like a real baseball team. Um, but, you know, game two, uh, they, they were still able to bother the pitcher enough. Uh, game three, Austin Davis got a steal in the first inning right after he reached base on the opening at bat. Mm-hmm. But that was it. I mean, yeah. the, the TCU catcher was lights out, um, throwing guys out. They were only one for three. In fact, they were 10 of 16 for the whole series um, on, 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 uh, on steals. So, um, you know. Hats off to West Virginia for trying, but you know they, they were able to succeed in other ways. For yeah, sure. Burn behind the plate for TCU was really, really good in that series. I mean, just a number of great throws. They talked about it on the broadcast a couple of times as well, where even when West Virginia on Friday night stole seven bases, it, it wasn't for a lack of trying on his part. There were a lot of really good throws. It was just great jumps yeah. by the WVU runners. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday, a little bit of a different story. He threw two out on Sunday alone. That limited what West Virginia was able to do on the base pass, but still, West Virginia able to pick up a huge road series win over number 12 TCU. You, you kind of mentioned what happened there on Saturday, Sam. We talked about Friday a little bit. Seven steals on Friday for WVU, the double steal of home with two strikes, two outs in the ninth inning on Friday. WVU picks up a 3-2 to two win. Saturday, just one hit after the third inning for WVU. A great start where they jumped out to a lead, but only one hit after the third inning as the WVU lineup went cold. Some great relief pitching by the Horn Frogs in that game. And then on Sunday, another great start offensively for WVU as the Mountaineers, they went up 2 to nothing in the first inning and jumped out to a 5-0 lead in the fourth inning thanks to a Tevin Tucker 2-RBI uh, double to left center. After that, the offense, again, kind of goes away for the majority of this game, but great pitching on Sunday by Zach Bravo and Trey Braithwaite. Yeah, honestly, the, the story of this series is the bullpens. Um, uh, Perez, was it, from uh, on Saturday for TCU, came in and basically did a starter's workload um, and, and shut West Virginia down after a massive, massive start. Um, and then Trey Braithwaite, like you said, um, slammed the door shut. And he, he had a big series overall. He had... Yeah. Um, 
almost six innings of work, uh, hitless work, and just a one run for the for the whole weekend. But um, you got a win and a save. I mean, <laughs> not many guys can go home with a win and a save after a three weekend a three game series. Trey Braithwaite, as you mentioned, very good this entire series for WVU. You mentioned the relievers and the amount of work they were doing. You have to remember going back to Friday's game. It's really a reliever who got the start for WVU and Jacob Waters. He's become a starting pitcher out of necessity for this Mountaineer team. And what a job he did in that game on Fridays. We take you back to that game real quick. Uh, Jacob Waters giving West Virginia six innings, a four-hit, one-run ball, eight strikeouts for Jacob Waters on Friday. I mean, again, this, this experiment, I guess by necessity, if you want to call it that, for Randy Mazie and his coaching staff, really working out with Jacob Waters as he's becoming, along with Ben Hampton, the two aces of the staff. Yeah, and, and like you said, it's, it's an experiment. Um, this whole season, Randy's been experimenting with the pitching staff. I mean, Ben Hampton's been the only guy that's stayed in his, uh, in his starting role, but it looks like Jacob... Waters is going to stick around in, in the rotation. Um, Zach Bravo has been a starter, but he's been shaking around mm -hmm. uh, the, the rotation. So really looking forward. Like you said, Jacob Waters had a, has had a couple of really good starts, actually. Um, but moving forward, the question is, can he keep that consistency? Is he going to be able to keep giving six innings, keep that command going through, throughout the entire start? And then can they nail down a Sunday starter? Zach Bravo did really well today. He did very well today. Um, but, you know, he, he had some command issues. He's had command issues. He's given up a lot of walks. Um, in his last start, he had a no-hitter going, but he still gave the other team a lot of opportunities to score with five walks. Um, so, so, you know, the question is, can they nail down a Sunday starter? And then uh, next they got to focus on the, on the midweek. But... We talked about that last week, though. The midweek yeah. has always been a bit of a mystery here, especially over the last couple of years for yeah. WVU. But yeah. lo looking at the starters in this series, we've reached that middle portion of the season. We're now, the, the, you know, kind of the training wheels, so to speak. The, the pitch limits are off. Yeah. Every starter in this series for WVU pitched at least 100 pitches. Zach Bravo finishes his day on Sunday. Five-plus innings of work went into the sixth but was unable to record an out in the sixth. Exactly 100 pitches for Zach Bravo. But after that, Chase Smith, Trey, Baithwa uh, Trey Braithwaite, I should say, come in and do a stand-up job. Trey Braithwaite, three and two-thirds innings pitch. No hits, no runs, three strikeouts. He gets a save, as you mentioned. We, we talked about this a little bit both yesterday and today, Sam, where the, the guys that Randy Mazie and this coaching staff brought in in the offseason, for the most part, they're checking off a lot of boxes. And Trey Braithwaite is, is one of the leaders in the clubhouse in that department of guy who's come in, established himself quickly on this roster, and has become an integral part of what Randy Mazie and WVU are going to have to do throughout the remainder of the season. All three of their pitches, pitchers excuse me, today were, were uh, transfers. Yeah. Bravo, Chase Smith from Pitt, and, uh, and Trey Braithwaite from, from uh, Navy. Um, that's that's huge, and especially in, in baseball. We talk about roster management in other sports. But Just wrote an article about it. <laughs> yep, go check that out on GoldenBlueNation.com. But um, you know, Randy Mazie has been doing that this entire time, and yeah. he's brought in a great bat, great batch of uh, transfers. 
to help out in 2022. Some historical context to this road series win for the Mountaineers. Let's look at this. First series win over a ranked team for WVU since April 12th through the 14th against TCU back in 2019. This is the first road series win over a ranked team for the Mountaineers since the week before that, April 5th through the 7th against Oklahoma State on the road in Stillwater in 2019. So it's been a couple of years since Randy Mazie's club was able to pick up a road series win over ranked teams. However, that doesn't mean that in the meantime, West Virginia has been unsuccessful against ranked teams. And we're going to shout out here uh, John Antonick, uh, John Antonick, excuse me, of, uh, of WVU Athletics for, for some of the stats here. Since 2013, when Randy Mazie took over the, the program, the Mountaineers have played roughly 90 games against ranked teams and have won 43% of them. That's pretty good. In uh, in some of these years, uh, Maisie and company have posted a 4-3 and three record against ranked teams, and he's had a 500 or better mark in three seasons, and he's getting a good start at that. He's now above 500 this season with a 2-1 and one record, against, uh, at least against TCU. Not only that, but if you take out the 2020 season, which was you know, canceled after 16 games because of COVID, Maisie's WVU teams have produced at least two victories each year over ranked teams, of course, won as many as eight back in 2017, and West Virginia really good from 2017 through 2019, where they had a couple of really, really good seasons, 19 and 16 against the top 25 during those years. And it looks like this season has some of the makings of some of those 2017, 2019 successful uh, seasons for the Mountaineers. Again, you're getting a good sign of that with a series road win over a ranked, ranked TCU team here uh, this past weekend. Yeah, I think I think the one thing this team kind of lacks is that superstar type player. 19, they had Alec Manoa, mm -hmm. who, you know, within two years was a starter in the big leagues. Um, but I think they make up for that in, in just body of work. Yeah. I mean, the top of this lineup, the first five or six hitters in this uh, batting order are probably, you know, the best. I don't, uh, that's that's a pretty big uh, a big label to throw on them. But among the best, um, cumulatively, uh, that I've seen since I've been watching WVU baseball, which has been about the beginning of uh, Randy Mazie's tenure. Um, at the same time, you know the 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 pitching is pretty deep in terms of the bullpen. Um, like like this week, they only used seven pitchers, which we've seen games earlier this season where they've used seven pitchers. But, right. Um, you know, they're starting to get into that rhythm um, with the arms. So um, if they put it together, they can do something. They can really do something. Especially with the, the brand of baseball they play offensively, yeah. th that ability and the athleticism that they just provide uh, at, at the plate and on the base pass, that's yeah. going to keep West Virginia in just about any ball game they play this year. If you get pretty much what you got this weekend out of all of these starters, because even Ben Hampton, who might have been in one or two batters longer than maybe he should have been uh, there on Saturday, yeah. he gave you another solid performance. If, if you take him out or if he's, he comes off the mound maybe a little bit earlier, he, that's a quality start for him, likely, is, is what it amounts oh, to. Sure. And, and, and maybe that game turns out differently. You, you never know. You can play the ifs, ands, or buts game uh, all, all day long. But, yeah, right. but if you continue to get that type of starting pitching, you're going to be in really good shape. But things obviously don't get easier uh, going forward for the Mountaineers. In some respects, maybe they do a little bit here on Wednesday as you play Marshall at home. We'll, we'll get to the upcoming schedule here in a little bit. But, Sam, we spoke about the athleticism of this team. Let's take a look at what West Virginia was able to do steals-wise in this series against TCU. We kind of mentioned it already. 
Seven steals against TCU on Friday. It's now seven games this year of six or more stolen bases, but just two steals the rest of the series. Sort of, w, uh, sort of what WVU was able slash unable to do, also on TCU, what they were able to do holding WVU on base. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's just what's going to happen when you get into the Big 12. When Playing a team like TCU is a lot different than playing Youngstown State. And Youngstown State had a really good catcher that was able to prevent stealing, but then Sunday they swapped him out and they stole 11 bases. You're not going to be able to do that that often in the Big 12. But on the flip side, like we saw, this, like we saw today especially, they don't need to play that style of baseball every single time. They are able to play a conventional style of baseball. Will they be able to play it four times a week? We'll have to see. We'll that. see. But, you know, the, the, they can play conventional, swing the bat, and round the bases like you play in Little League. One stat to point out here, kind of on the note of steals, WVU, this year's team, has now tied that magical 2019 team for the third most steals in a single season in program history with 98. Sam, 98 steals through 26 games this, this year. WVU now 16-10 and 10 on the season. 98 steals through 26 games, matching a full season's worth of base-stealing opportunities from just a couple of years ago, which was one of the best seasons in WVU baseball history. Yeah, they're, they're one of the, the best stealing teams that we've seen in Randy Mazie's tenure, but at the same time, this team is unabashedly aggressive on the base pass. I mean, we're seeing a ton of uh, stealing home, squeeze plays. Um, I mean, how many times have you seen an, a two-RBI squeeze play in your life, especially when you're watching the big leagues? It looks, by all intents and purposes, they're going to steal uh, the, or, excuse me, break the steals record um, this season, and, and you know, that's, that's going to make a lot of differences down, down the stretch. They, they've been keeping me specifically waiting, but they've been keeping WVU Nation waiting here a little bit over the last two days. Yeah. West Virginia closing in on 100 steals in a, in a season, and again, only doing so in 26, 27 games likely they, they will get to that point when they play Marshall on Wednesday. It'll be just the third time in program history that West Virginia eclipses 100 steals in a single season. You have to go all the way back to 1986 for the last time that happened in the uh, single season steals record was set back in 1964. But th those marks clearly within reach of this WVU team this season which going into play on Sunday was averaging just under four steals per game. Sam, they were on pace, again, going into play on Sunday in the series finale to steal 200 bases this season. Now, granted, they were only held to one on Sunday, but we kind of joked before we started uh, recording this podcast, that means they're probably due for six, seven, maybe eight more against the Thundering Herd coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> they have a lot of, a lot of these non-conference games. You know, Pitt and, and Penn State, they're not exactly the Big 12, the top half of the Big 12. So they have a lot of opportunities uh, going down the rest of the season to, to, to really rack up their steal numbers. Looking ahead a little bit, it, we've mentioned this a, a tiny bit already, but a single home game uh, at home against Marshall on Wednesday. That game starting at 6.30 p.m. at Montegalia County Ballpark, Wagner Field. Then you got a home Big 12 series against Baylor coming up April 10th or April 8th through the 10th, I should say, 6.30, 4 o'clock, and 1 p.m. start times for those games. Looking at the Baylor Bears, uh, Baylor has now won five in a row after play on Sunday. However, Baylor just 2-4 and four in Big 12 play after play on Sunday. West Virginia in the top third of the Big 12 as far as the Big 12 standings go. However, West Virginia, of course, only played one Big 12 series. So it still remains to be seen if WV, WV will be able to stay in that upper part of the series, of the, of the uh, uh, 
conference standings, I should say. But some of these really great teams that we mentioned last week, they're struggling a little bit. TCU really struggling right now. They have not looked good in conference play. You and I noted no, a number of times throughout this series that this is certainly not a traditional defensive team by TCU. They are not, not very good this series at all. And, and, you know, Texas has struggled some as well. Oklahoma State and, and Texas Tech seem to be hitting their stride and, and continuing their stride. But some of those top teams in this conference, they're struggling in conference play. And I think we're, we mentioned this last week. We'll mention it again now. And throughout the season, I know, just like in every other major sport, the Big 12, it's, it's just a dog-eat-dog world. And just because you're the top-ranked team one week doesn't mean you're going to stay there the rest of the time. Yeah, it's a gauntlet. It's, it's a gauntlet once again. And, but um, Baylor's one of those teams that's kind of like hiding in the middle of the standings and all the stats um, overall. And so this is going to be another one of those uh, uh, measuring stick games, especially you know now that they've got Oklahoma State coming up and, and Texas Tech. Those arguably might be the two best teams in the conference. Arguably, mm -hmm. you, know, you obviously have other teams like Texas in, in the conversation, and maybe even TCU. But um, you know, Baylor's one of those measuring stick games. They're they're a gatekeeper, if you will, um, and 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 they're going to be a they're going to be a tough a tough out next weekend. Baylor seems to be one of those teams, and I, I unfortunately I don't have the stat to back this up, but uh, Baylor seems to be one of those teams where when West Virginia is having a successful season, they have success against Baylor on the diamond. If it's not going to be that successful of a season, normally the Bears get the better of the Mountaineers. At least it seems that way. Trying to trying to remember back some of the some of those series throughout uh, West Virginia's time in the Big 12. So again, got a good sign here this weekend against TCU. Maybe a really good measuring stick, as you were kind of saying, against Baylor coming up this coming weekend. Here as we uh, record to you on Sunday, April 3rd. Here just coming off of WVU's series road win over TCU, number 12 in some polls, number 10 in other polls were the Horned Frogs, a big series win nonetheless for the Mountaineers. Just putting a bow on that TCU series real quick, coming out of the TCU series, West Virginia now has, they've been playing well as of late, you've picked up uh, two series wins in a row coming off a dif disappointing Campbell series. Always good mentality-wise to be able to see yourselves win and stick in those three-game series sets on the weekend. But as you mentioned as well, it only gets tougher from here. Yeah, so, you know, their, their form, obviously, over the last two weekends is 5-1. Uh, and one. That's, that's pretty solid, especially when one of them is against a ranked opponent. Um, you know, next week they're welcoming in Baylor. That's going to be a tough out. But, you know, the... They've proven now that they can compete against you know, arguably the best in the conference. Um, they can, and they can do it conventionally. They can hit the ball. They can score runs by just running the bases. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see next time in Morgantown uh, how, how they can fare against the Bears. Before they play the Bears, though, they will host the Marshall Thundering Herd for the second meeting between the two teams this season. That coming up on Wednesday, April 6th at 6.30 p.m. Wagner Field at Monongalia County Ballpark. Of course, we'll be keeping you updated on the WVU baseball team and all other WVU athletics programs throughout the spring on TV with daily Mountaineer minutes on the website, goldenbluenation.com, and on the always free Golden Blue Nation app, your favorite, uh, on your favorite Apple or Android devices. For Sam Caniglio, I'm Ryan Decker. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. <laughs>